Hello, hello, hello. I'm Jan Goldstein. Welcome to All That Matters, our weekly positivity podcast. I've got a question for you. What if you made the decision early in your life that you knew exactly what your purpose was, only to find out years later that you didn't get it right the first time, that there was another possibility? Would you grab it? Would you know how to? Stay tuned as I tell you a very special story about Yvette. Thanks so much for tuning in each and every week and telling others about it. Whether you're checking us out on Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anywhere, we are found all over at every place you can find a podcast. And just this week discovered that Listen Notes, the international search engine, has placed All That Matters with Jan Goldstein in the top 5% of global podcasts. I have you to thank for that. And thanks so very much for tuning in each and every week. And again, go to jangoldstein.com. Check out my novels. Check out my nonfiction. Check out my blog. And you can find my podcast there. Please forward it to others. I appreciate it. And now, a young woman, a nun, who found a purpose only to set it aside years later for a new one. This is the story of Yvette. Yvette had wanted to become a nun ever since she was a child growing up at a small town in Quebec in the 1940s. And while others her age dreamed of becoming teachers or mothers or nurses or actresses, Yvette found a calling to God. Her mother was devoutly Catholic. The family was extremely poor. And Yvette, she was forced to help make ends meet while still in grade school. Still, her childhood was painful for another reason, as she witnessed her father's abuse of her mother, especially after he drank. Although she took part in many school activities, including her role as a soloist in the school chorus, Yvette was most drawn to the catechism retreats. She met Sister Agathe, who was old school, who loved using music as a spiritual motivator. It was Sister Agathe who first broached the subject of the opposite sex, turning Yvette crimson with embarrassment. Sister Agathe brought it up because, well, there was this problem. His name was Robert. He was 17 years old, six feet tall, with a thatch of red hair and a smile as big as the province. One night, while they were playing Elvis music at a dance, he asked Yvette to dance with him. And then at the very end, he leaned forward and kissed her. She pulled back, slapped his face, and said that was very wrong. That was the end of her experience with boys. Yvette went believing she had a calling, though she had not yet heard it the way she heard other nuns express it. And she found herself studying to become a nun. 
When she became a postulant, the step before taking final vows, she was just 20. But she had warmed to her role as a teacher and loved the young people around her. She was receiving instruction from the sisters in preparation for taking her vows. She was convinced she would hear God tell her he needed her, and that would be the moment to take them. But after five years at the convent, she made confession, and she finally found an answer. The priest, Father Buhard, had told her, if you believe in your heart that it's the right thing, then perhaps that is the voice of God. And so she said, I know, I am certain of my love and desire to serve God, and took her vows. Though always plagued by the worry in the back of her mind that she had not yet heard the calling. Sometimes she would interact with the young people she was teaching, and there was this young girl, Nancy, who reminded Yvette of herself at 16. She, too, was a singer. Nancy wrote folk songs on her guitar, and she and Yvette became very close. They had created a folk mask, and at that folk mask, they had placed candles all over the altar, and Yvette felt so fulfilled in helping her But one day she came out into the parking lot. She saw Nancy was leaning up against a car, engaged in a passionate kiss with one of Yvette's male students. Alarmed at first, Yvette stepped behind a birch tree, but she couldn't look away. She stood there taking in with growing fascination the couple's unguarded passion. Later that night in a room at the convent, Yvette thought back to the kiss on the dance floor with Robert. There was a stirring in her as she wondered about the feeling she'd experienced then and the feelings Nancy must have experienced at the parking lot. And over the next days and weeks, it was a question that seemed to grow in the deepest part of her, and it would not easily be dismissed by prayer or teaching or the nun's habit. Finally, she was compelled to confess her feelings to her mother's superior, and the kindly woman urged her to go on a retreat for thought and reflection. There are many ways one can serve God, the nun counseled. Yvette thought back to Sister Agathe, who had expressed the same thought years earlier. It was she who had counseled Yvette not to close off the possibility that her calling lay elsewhere. Yvette could see only one path then, and now another was forming in her soul, and its direction was overwhelming. So Yvette took a leave of absence, and she met with a psychologist, a counselor. It wasn't until that moment, in speaking to this counselor who was a former nun, who had become a psychologist, that she began to glimpse the illumination that had been welling up within her. This counselor, Cynthia, and Yvette walked through the woods in the beautiful green mountains near Middlebury, Vermont, and talked for hours. Cynthia described her own quest for spiritual fulfillment, which had taken her into the church and out again. She was still a Catholic, but found that life in the secular world was her true spiritual calling. How is that possible, Yvette wanted to know. How could there be a higher spiritual calling than God? She was bringing healing and direction to others, Cynthia explained. And at the same time, she was able to explore 
her true love for God's creation through her commitment to another human being. That found Cynthia's words both moving and liberating. The next morning, Yvette took a hike alone. It was here in the Cathedral of Trees where she had always felt most spiritually alive and as the sun filtered bright and golden through the branches, Yvette paused, taking in the canopy of illumination overhead. The truth had grown within her. Cynthia's words had unlocked what she already knew. Truly, serving God meant being true to her own spirit, which was God's gift to her, wasn't it? She had never heard the, quote, calling, but had allowed her spirit, wounded by the violence in her home that had shaped her views of love and sexuality, to push her into a life choice she had been convinced was her only avenue. She would have to follow her soul out into the world, rise to her higher purpose by exploring her own desire to give love to another. Soon after, Yvette, petition for release from her vows as a nun. She moved to my hometown, Burlington, and became involved in an educational foundation that served unwed mothers and others seeking to complete their education. That's where she met Craig, an exuberant educator and a lover of nature. And the first time he put his arms around her after he put his arms around Yvette after a date, she began to tremble as she had years earlier when Robert had, Robert had kissed her on that dance floor. Craig held her softly until the trembling subsided and then kissed her with a passion she had never known. That night, Yvette shed tears of completion and wholeness. As their relationship grew, the wounds of her childhood, the void that had come from fear of intimacy and distrust of relationships were replaced with spiritual completeness. She now found that a relationship between a man and a woman could be sacred. There was a light living within her now, reminding her how precious her life had become. When she and Craig married the next fall, Yvette knew that her soul was seeing the world with unprecedented clarity and Yvette was finally right where she was supposed to be. Have you had moments like Yvette where you wondered if you were on the right path, on the, the right spiritual mission or purpose? We can make new choices, each and every one of us. How do I know that story about Yvette? Because I met her as a teenager when she helped in an ecumenical retreat which Jews and Catholics and Protestants gathered. Today it would include a lot more religious people, I'm sure. But she was a remarkable woman and she told me that story. And so, having changed the names, I share it with you with the hopes that you'll always see that new possibility, that you will listen with not only your ears outside, but the ears inside. And know that perhaps there is a relationship, another human being waiting to connect with you 
or another inner purpose waiting to bloom into the world. When we open our inner ears, we hear a voice that perhaps we have not been listening for before. We get to hear the music of that voice and the power of its purpose. I'm hoping in the next week, as we move late into December, that along with holidays and people searching for meaning, you will find the meaning inside and bring it to the rest of us outside. That would be miracle enough, wouldn't it? Until next week, I'm Jan Goldstein, and this is all that matters.